I have to say this. My boy, Wes Schaefer, hopefully you are found, you are safe, you are well. Everybody is worried. 33-year-old Wes Schaefer from Mendota, Illinois, has been missing since September 22nd. Today is October 9th, a Friday. Still no word from him. Don't know where he is. Hopefully he is safe. Everything is okay. Got to stay positive as can be. Hate to start Edge of Your Seat podcast like that, but we always got to make sure the people we know, people we love, friends, family are always safe and taken care of. I'm your host, Brandon Lachance. Welcome to episode 117. We have a great show, hopefully as usual, starting a three-podcast run with golf. Boys golf, girls golf. Who doesn't love golf, right? Playoffs started this week as the regionals for boys were on Tuesday. Regionals for girls were on Wednesday. And we want to talk to as many players, many coaches as possible. So we're going to start today with the St. Bede boys golf team. We got senior Nathan Pothoff and coach Rich Cummings. Two great guys. Awesome to chat some golf with some Bruins. Rich Cummings has been with the program for 29 years. And with this squad, with Nathan Pothoff leading the way, was the medalist at the Class 1A St. Bede Regional at Spring Creek Golf Course on Tuesday. Had the medalist score of a 73. Their first hardware, postseason hardware, since 1977 when the Bruins won a district championship. So congrats to the Bruins. Had to have them on to talk about the glory and what they hope to accomplish at the sectional, which is also hosted by St. Bede at Spring Creek Golf Course this coming Wednesday. Shout out to Brian Cavelli for the intro and outro beat of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Don't know where you're listening to this one, but you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Music iTunes, and Google Music. Check Edge of Your Seat Podcast out on social media. Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Facebook and Edge of Your Seat P on Twitter. Shoot us an email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Whether you have questions, suggestions, want to be a guest, have an idea for a guest, topic you would like to speak about, want us to speak about at Edge of Your Seat Podcast, feel free to send one of those. Also, if you're a sports program, Illinois High School, or junior high, or recreational. Feel free to send box scores or player coaches accomplishments. Always want to talk about those. Since the regionals were this week, let's dive right into that. At the before-mentioned St. Bede Regional, the Bruins shot a 338 to take it. Won the regional again. First trophy, first hardware since 1977. Pothoff shot the 73. Sophomore Jake Delaney with an 85. Logan Humpage, who is a junior with an 89. And both senior Owen Espel and sophomore Brendan Pillen shot 91s. Coming in second was Hinkley Big Rock, who had a 339, one stroke shy of the Bruins. St. Bede holding them off. Junior Elliot McGuire with an 82. Junior Richard Hintz with an 83. Sophomore Ben Hintz with an 86, and senior Ryan Behrens with an 88. Might be Hinchke, maybe be saying the name wrong. 
Sorry if I butcher the name. We'll get that corrected, no doubt. Coming in third was Samanok with the 364. Hall had a 374 for fourth. Aurora Christian came in fifth with the 375. Newark took sixth with the 395. Putnam County shot a 409 for seventh. Earlville a 445 for eighth. And Parkview Christian Academy out of Yorkville had a 484 ninth. Also some other local players besides the Bruins that are going to be back at Spring Creek Golf Course on Wednesday, October 4th for the sectional are Hall Jr. Caleb Savage, who shot an 89, Senior Tyler Jensen from Samanak, who had a 90, Newark Jr. Camden Figgins with a 91, Newark Senior Dylan Cartwright also had a 91, and then Samanak Jr. Jalen Dion and Samanak Jr. Alex Krejic both had 91s as well. So four 91s helping them get into the sectional as individuals, not on a team. IHSA switched up the format this year because of the COVID-19 era, dilemma, tragedy, whatever we want to call it. So the way it's working is the first two teams are advancing to sectional and then, and then the top four individuals. Usually it's top four teams and top ten individuals. But because of social distancing, don't want kids to get sick or influenced by this virus, cut down the numbers. Also joining the advanced golfers at the St. Bede sectional, the Byron Regional. Elgin Academy won it with a 323. Byron came in second with a 343. Freshman Mason Brandt had a 78. Senior Eric Dedig had an 86. Senior Logan Remhoff had an 86, and sophomore Braden Baker with an 89. The Oregon Regional also joining St. Bede sectional. Winning it all was Riverdale with the 337. Newman came in second with the 340, as junior Ty Brockman had an 83. Junior Jacob Donald had an 84. Sophomore Kyle Wolf had an 85, and freshman Logan Palmer had an 88. Other results from Oregon. Amboy was 5th with a 378. Oregon 7th with a 404. Burrow Valley came in 8th with a 412. And shooting a 432 was Indian Creek at 9th. Advancing as an individual was Amboy sophomore Wes Wilson, who carded an 88. At the 1A Bloomington Central Catholic Regional, Tri-Valley won it with a 329. El Paso Gridley came in second with a 331. And coming in seventh was Roanoke Benson with a 374. Advancing as individuals were Roanoke Benson's junior, Luke Sauter, who had an 83. And Fieldcrest senior, Coy Allen, had an 84. They will be going to the Tuscola sectional, which is Tuesday, October 13th. Also at the Tuscola sectional, is the advancers of the Grant Park Regional. Beecher took it all with the 347. Grant Park was second with the 368. Coming in third was Seneca with the 370. Fourth was Illinois Lutheran with the 390. And Marquette from Ottawa was fifth with the 396. The individual advancers are Marquette's freshman, Carson Zellers, who had an 87, and Seneca senior, A.J. Stiegler, who had an 88. Obviously, there are other individuals that 
are advancing. There are other teams that have scored that were in these regionals and sectionals. But we would be here all day if we listed them all. So, took the schools that I have put in my sight, my knowledge, my podcast learning, want you guys to know about protocol, we'll call it that, which is pretty deep. I got about 40, 45 schools listed that I want to talk about all year, every year, all season, all sports. Going to the Sherrard sectional on Monday, October 12th, we have teams and players from the Cambridge Regional. Rock Island Alleman won it with a 319. Sherrard was second with a 329. Kiwani Weathersfield came in ninth with a 404. And at the Peoria Christian Regional, Brimfield took it with a 338. Peoria Christian was second with a 353. Midland and Stark County tied for fifth with a 425. And Henry was eighth with a 460. Midlands sophomore Brett Smith also going to the sectional with a 95. Congrats to the 1A boys. Let's get to the class 2A boys. Also happened on Tuesday. The Sterling Regional saw Ottawa win with a 339 going to sectional for the second straight year, helping them get there. Sophomore Jonathan Cooper had the medalist score of 80. Congrats to Jonathan. Amazing golfing on Tuesday. Senior Nick Angus had an 84. Freshman Drake Kaufman had an 87. And senior Caden Erickson carded an 88. Princeton and Stillman Valley tied for second with 347s. Friends of the podcast, senior Adam Vigers and senior Nolan Scott both carded an 86 for Princeton. As well as teammate senior Trent Klopping had an 86 as well. And then senior Dylan Gross rounded out the Princeton top four with an 89. Sterling came in fourth with a 363. Freeport had a 374 for fifth. The Mendota Trojans carded a 377 to take sixth. With a 381, LaSalle Peru was seventh. Rochelle took eighth with a 393. Dixon had a 397 for ninth. And Rock Falls came in tenth with a 489. Joining the golfers from Ottawa and Princeton is Sterling senior Carter Schlegel, who shot an 85. All of them are going to the Class 2A Freeport sectional this Monday, October 12th. At the IBC Regional in Chillicothe, Dunlap took it all with a 322. And Geneseo was second with a 332 for Geneseo. Junior Mason Steinart had a 79. Senior Derek Johnson an 83. Senior Zach Henderson and freshman Hayden Moore both carded 85s. Streeter was just a tad short with a 345 as they took third. And Kiwani shot a 391 for 10th. Although the Bulldogs didn't make it as a team, senior Jacob Magana shot an 81. And junior Noah Coulter had an 83 to take some Streeter golfers to the Class 2A Peoria Richwoods sectional. Monday, October 12th, at the 2A Bennett Academy Regional, which is in Lyle, Providence carded a 321. The Bennett Academy had a 322, and coming in 7th was Cole City with the 409. 
at the Canelan Regional. Canelan won with the 300. Marmion Academy from Aurora had a 325 for second. Aurora Central Catholic and Morris tied for third with a 342. Sycamore came in sixth with a 351. With a 366, Sandwich was seventh. And Plano took the eighth spot with a 368. The individual advancers also going to the Freeport sectional where they will see Ottawa, Princeton, and Carter Schlegel from Sterling is Morris senior Matt Lawton, who shot a 76. Sycamore senior Sam Fallhaber, who had an 81. And Morris senior Eric Peterson is also advancing with an 81. Just because I'm always checking out the barbs of DeKalb, DeKalb finished third in the 3A Rockford East Regional with a 331 to fall just a few strokes shy of the winner, Hananiga, who had 328, and Rockford Guilford had a 329 for second. The Barb still sending two golfers to sectionals as senior Brett Peglo had a 75, which was the medalist score, and senior Danny Frenzine had an 80. Congrats to all the 2A and 3A golfers as well. It isn't easy, man. It is not easy to advance in these tournaments. Especially how hungry everybody is knowing that there is not a state tournament. For the girls regionals that happen on Wednesday. Lots of action here as well. Class 1A Byron Regional. Rockford Boylan took it with a 357. Winnebago was third with a 371. Byron came in third with a 376. Five strokes shy of taking the whole team to the Rock Falls sectional on Tuesday, October 13th. Paige Bukowski, senior from Byron, is advancing with an 89. Also at the Rock Falls sectional on Tuesday will be advancers from the Kiwanee 1A Regional. Kiwanee won it all with a 380 behind sophomore Maya Maracha's 78, which was the medalist score. Congrats to Maya. Senior Natalie Yepsen had an 89. Freshman Eleanor Burkhardt a 104. And sophomore Emma Crofton with a 109. Rock Ridge was second with a 387. And Kiwani Weathersfield shot a 526 for 13th. Also joining the golfers at Rock Falls is the Class 1A Oregon Advancers. Dixon won with a 349 behind senior Bella Hinselman's 74. Freshman Katie Drew had an 84. Senior Olivia Rick had a 93. And senior Nina Barada had a 98. Rock Falls was second with a 368. While Geneseo took third with a 383. Oregon was fourth with a 395. Princeton and Rock Island Allman carded 427s to tie for fifth. Newman had a 448 for seventh, and Burrow Valley carded a 452 for eighth. Individuals not on a team that will be at the Rock Falls sectional. Rochelle senior Megan Thirabong shot a 77. Geneseo junior Keely Nugent had a 91. Oregon sophomore Ava Hackman had a 94. Geneseo senior Miranda Romer advanced with a 97. And so did Geneseo freshman Addie Mills, who also had a 97. At the Class 1A Pontiac Regional, Normal University won with a 317, while Bloomington Central Catholic was second with a 345. 
Roanoke Benson had a 479 for 11th, and Fieldcrest was 12th with a 483. From Sandwich, St. B just missed the cut. Aurora Rosary won with a 386, and Sandwich edged St. B 402 to 403. The Lady Bruins having the 403 for third. For Sandwich, Junior Elijah Campbell had an 88. Senior Grace Donahue a 100. Senior Morgan Rose a 101. And Sophomore Melody Goldstein a 113. Plano was 5th with a 440. Seneca 6th with a 461. Hinkley Big Rock had a 472 for 8th. With a 506, Indian Creek was 10th. Irville was 11th with a 511, and Samanak 12th with a 558. Plano Junior Faith Malloy is going to the Class 1A Seneca sectional Monday, October 12th, as she advanced with an 87. In 2A golf, the Manuka Regional, Ottawa was 9th with a 434, and LaSalle Peru 10th with a 440. Winning it was Lincoln Way Central, who had a 348. And tying for second with 350s were Lockport and Lincoln Way West. At the Sterling Girls Regional, Rockford Guilford won it with a 368. McChesney Park was second with a 369. Coming in fifth was Sterling with a 418. And Sycamore was seventh with a 433. Individual advancers were Sycamore freshman Brianna Shulman and Sterling Jr. Madeline Pink as both golfers had a 91. More playoff action right around the corner as girls sectionals, boys sectionals on the golf courses are this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Next Friday and Saturday are girls tennis sectionals. Then on October 24th is the boys and girls cross country regional and the girls swimming regional. Then the sectional for boys and girls cross country is October 31st. That might be kind of scary on Halloween and all. Ooh. Okay, I'll never do that again. Other things that were not postseason athletics. The Amboy boys and girls cross country teams have been all over the place. On Tuesday, the Amboy boys notched another win with a 24 pacing Rockford Lutheran's 34 and Genoa Kingston's 69. Brock Loftus won with a 16.53. Kyler McNich had a 17.30 for second. Andrew Jones was fifth with an 18.41. Also finishing in the top 10 for Amboy was Wyatt Lundquist, who had an 18.59 for seventh. The girls came in third as Amboy had a 50 to trail Rockford Lutheran's 29 and Genoa Kingston's 43. Leading the Lady Clippers was Lauren Uthouse who was third with a 21-minute even run. On Thursday, Amboy raced with Dakota, Stockton, and Hinkley Big Rock. The boys won their ninth meet against Class 1A schools as Brock Loftus had a 16-15 for first. Kyler McNich was second with a 17-28.8. Andrew Jones was sixth with a 18-32. And Wyatt Lundquist came in seventh with an 18.52. The girls from Amboy got their second win of the season as Lauren Outhouse won with a 21.15. Madeline McLaughlin was second with a 22.43. Brittany Mundell came in third with a 
Brooklyn Waltrell was 8th with a 24.50. And Bailey Crouch came in 10th with a 25-minute run. Also happening on Thursday was swimming as LaSalle Peru defeated Morris 85-83. Peyton Heggie has now won 35 of her 36 events on the season. She won another four against Morris as she took the 200 freestyle in 2 minutes 4.63 seconds, the 50 freestyle in 29.71 seconds, the 100 butterfly in 1 minute 4.24 seconds, and the 100 breaststroke in 1 minute 11.49 seconds. Brooklyn Lowry also scored a win for LP with a 2 minute 42.63 second win in the 200 intermediate. And senior Nicole Posavasic timed a 1 minute 11 second 100 backstroke. Congratulations to all the golfers, all the cross country runners, and the swimmers that keep competing and competing and competing in a COVID-19 crazy era trying to do the best that they can. My props, my gratitude to all of you. Also earning my props is people that are trying to shed the extra weight or firm it up or just get in shape in general. It's way tougher than you think. However, since 2015, LP CrossFit has been offering something unique to the Illinois Valley. A customized way to get in shape while having fun. Whether you're new to exercise or an experienced athlete, LP CrossFit is the right place for you. LP CrossFit is a diverse community with a culture focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. LP CrossFit will help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life. LP CrossFit offers a weekly schedule of classes for every fitness fan, whether you want to dial up the intensity or take a more relaxed approach. LP CrossFit's trained coaches tailor each and every workout for every athlete in every class. CrossFit classes are programmed with a mixture of bodyweight, gymnastic, barbell, and other movements to build strength and endurance. All small group classes are coach-led and all movements are infinitely scalable so they can work with any fitness level, injury, or mobility restriction. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook, online at lpcrossfit.com, or in person in the Peru Mall across from Secret Nails. You'll never have so much fun while getting so fit. Cannot have an episode of Edge of URC podcast the day after a Bears game without talking about it as Chicago defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 20-19. What an up and down game. If I told you I watched every down, every play, I would be lying. I was not at home. I was following everything on my phone. Then I kind of dozed off for a second, woke up, and there was like two minutes left in the fourth quarter when the game-winning field goal was kicked by Caro Santos. 38-yard field goal with 117 left. Woke up just in time to catch that and see the Bears win. I must be getting old or just doing way too many things and getting tired. But don't worry. Those way too many things aren't going to slow down because I love it all. But after the first quarter, Bears down 10-0. Already, man, like, this is over. Nick Foles not playing well. Like, why are we even watching this? Then they take a 14-13 lead into halftime. Like, okay, a little better, a little better. Not great, but okay. 
Then we're channeling 16-14, third quarter. And then two field goals in the fourth. Seal the win, 2019. Crazy. Tom Brady doesn't know what down it is. Thinks it's fourth down, but it's not. So they lose the ball. Insane. Tom Brady is the GOAT. Is he losing it? Is he losing his mind? Is he forgetting how to play the game of football? It looked like all of the above. Maybe it's time to cut him right now. That won't happen, but that wasn't something that you would ever expect from Tom Brady. Big shout out to DeAndre Houston Carson for the broken up pass that ended any chance that Tampa Bay had of coming back to win. Man, I can't believe the Bears pulled that off. I'm not going to lie, I picked against the Bears. I really did. I know that's sad to say, but I did. After watching them last week against the Colts, I'm like, there's no way that they're going to get wins over other middle-of-the-pack teams. I thought Tampa Bay was a better middle-of-the-pack team, but they're not. So props to the Bears. My team, sorry I doubted you. Maybe I got to quit doing that. But I am a Chicago fan, and we're used to that. The ups and downs, peaks and valleys, the highs and lows. You never know what to expect from a Bears game. But this one was awesome. At least the end. But Tom Brady for the Bucks finished 25-41, one touchdown, 253 yards, while Nick Foles was 30-42 with one TD, one interception, 243 yards. The Bears' rushing game was atrocious. 14 carries for 35 yards. The worst. Awful. But Allen Robinson, as always, bailed out the Bears' offense when he needed to. 10 catches for 90 yards. That a boy. That a boy. Allen Robinson quickly becoming one of my favorite players. Starting in about an hour and a half is Game 5 of the NBA Finals between the Los Angeles Lakers, Miami Heat. I thought they were going to sweep them after the first game. Miami got a game in there. It has been a fun, exciting playoff for the Miami Heat. But injuries are definitely taking them out of the equation. Bam, Adebayo, Goran Dragic have been out a couple games for injuries. And it's showing that they need them on the court. They're not the same team without those two guys. You take anybody off that team, and I think it's a lesser team. I know you can say that about any player on any team. But the way Miami plays, so team-oriented, they gel so well together always looking for the open shooter, always have guys that have three to five rebounds all across the roster. They need every piece of the puzzle to defeat the Lakers, and that's just not happening right now. I see it ending today. If there is a game six, fantastic, but I see the Lakers taking it right here. But it does look like LeBron is going to be a four-time NBA champion and possibly a four-time MVP of the finals. He has already put him in that conversation, Jordan or LeBron, for GOAT. I ask everybody all the time. The older people always say Jordan. The younger people mostly say LeBron. There's a couple exceptions for each rule or law that I just said. But it's always fun and interesting to see what people say. I will always be a Jordan guy. The way he played, his killer instinct, I will always, always be a Jordan guy. Athletically, LeBron chumps Jordan. He does. He is a better athlete. But basketball player-wise, skill-wise, the game, I'm going Jordan. Well, the summer's over. Fall is beautiful right now, but it's going to get cold soon. So while it's still nice out, while you can still get some things done, why not work on your home as well? 
Whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel, Olson Construction is here to help. The family-owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olson Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows, doors, deck designs, remodels, garage additions, and room additions. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson have been in construction for over 10 years and are willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction, which is fully licensed and insured at 815-910-5982. Olson Construction can also be reached on Facebook at the Olson Construction LLC page or via email olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Well, we talked some national sports and broke down the Illinois High School Association golf regionals and sectionals. Of course, we will talk about them more the next couple episodes with other guests. But today, this show, we have the St. Bede Bruins represented by Coach Rich Cummings and Senior Nathan Pothoff. Great interviews. Enjoy. Nothing left to discuss in the intro. Make sure you catch us Saturday and Sunday. We're going to do three shows in three days. That's how pumped up we are about golf and the high school playoffs taking place. Because let's face it, a little bit ago, we didn't think there was going to be anything. And as week and week and week went by, we thought seasons were going to stop. Nothing was going to finish. So to be able to have some kind of postseason for these kids, for us to talk about, it's a fantastic thing, a fantastic feeling for them, I am sure. So, until next time, peace. Tuesday was the IHSA Golf Regionals. Lots of kids, lots of teams from the area did well, including St. Bede winning the Class 1A St. Bede Regional that they hosted at Spring Creek Golf Course. I am lucky, fortunate to have Senior Nathan Pothoff from the Bruins with us today. How's it going, my man? Going good. You have to be ecstatic. You guys shot a 338, advance to the sectionals, win the regional, and you had the medalist score with a 73, man. That had to feel good. Yeah, it feels great, especially my senior year last year. I just did good in the regionals finally. And especially for the team we made it out again, especially twice, twice in a row. That's got to feel pretty cool, man. Two times yeah. in a row, and it's your first championship, well, the St. Bede's first championship since 1977, correct? Yeah, when they won the district, district championship or something like that. So, in all reality, this is St. Bede's first regional title. Yeah, it sounds like, sounded like it to me when I read about it. Is this something you're going to be uh, like, hey, we did this as you get older and older? Oh, yeah, it'll be one of those things where you're only talking to uh, friends in your older 70s. But, like, yeah, I mean, I, just, I won the regional championship when I was a senior in high school. Like, something to brag about. I did say the regional was at Spring Creek, hosted by St. Pete. So was a sectional. Talk about how awesome that is. I mean, to have both the regional and sectional kind of hosted by you guys and home field advantage, home course advantage. Oh, it's great, especially at the start of the season and didn't even know if we are going to have a golf season and to find out we're going to have regionals. And not knowing there's going to be a sectionals and the sectionals turnout and the regionals were both going to be here, it is it's amazing. Do you feel lucky, fortunate, or like, uh, hey, sorry guys, but we're going to take this home course advantage and that's how it is? Yeah, I mean, hey, we got it, I'm just going to ride it. 
Just going to ride the home course advantage as far as I can. Definitely. And you did mention, didn't know if you're going to have a season. You did, which was awesome. Then you guys yeah. did a regional. Then I believe end of September, like September 23rd, 22nd, something like that, IHSA rules to have a sectional as well. That had to be an awesome feeling to know that you could play at least one more event. Oh, it definitely was. I mean, when I was thinking, I just thought regionals would be it, and that went, that'd be the end of my season. But now there's sectionals, and that's just, it feels good. So let's kind of like rewind for a little bit. I remember you as a freshman on the golf team, had a ton of potential, put up some solid scores as a freshman, and then, of course, now regional champ helping St. Bede win their first championship since, or hardware since 1977. So what about the process, or what have you done to make yourself a talented golfer? I mean, it just started when I was young, just taking some golf lessons from family members or my dad helping me out with swings ever since I was, like, six, seven when I started golf. And just throughout the years, just been practicing on the range or chipping, putting, just getting out every day in the summer, just trying to get better. Was there anything about your senior year that was better or kind of stuck out over the other years? Well, even though there wasn't, there was no 18-hole, like, most of them got canceled because of the coronavirus, but I definitely played more consistent my senior year than I did any other year, freshman through junior, so that was stuck out to me. And I had my first round under par in a high school match this year, too, so that was pretty special. Oh, definitely. What course was that at? Is that Oak, Oak, Oakwood? Yeah, Oakwood Country Club. Where's that at? Orion. Okay, okay. Yeah, I shot one, one under. Yeah, PGA course where they used to host the old John Deere Classic, right? Yeah, I left a 12-foot break on last hole a foot short, too. But still made history for yourself. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Had to travel a little bit. Orion is not close, but you got the job done. Yeah, I, mean, I, start, I started off like birdie. Our birdie, and I was just everything was just going good that day. I was gonna ask you about the COVID nineteen coronavirus era that we're in. Obviously, shortens up the season, makes it a little weird, different. Had to wear masks for the first couple weeks. How did that affect your game, or did it at all? It didn't really affect it that much. When the mask, you said you could we could take off the mask when we hit the ball. So I mean, that portion of it didn't affect it too much. But just the no ATL tournaments, it really really affected me because I really look forward to those on, on Saturdays. But other than the mask thing, that didn't affect it too much. Yeah, and you go to regionals, and that was 18 holes. Was it different, or was it a different vibe, atmosphere? Because, you know, the whole season has been only nine-hole meets. It was a little bit. Just prior to this, we played a couple of walking 18-hole practice rounds. So, But it was definitely different than the rest of the season, just playing nine holes. But if you had some more during the season, it would have been cooler. Oh, yeah, definitely. Got a chance to get some more, maybe, more medals at other places, place at some other invites. Now, with this era that we're in, I call it an era because this is going to be something none of us forget that we lived through. Oh, yeah. But are you looking at it as, like, hey, this has been special, you know, it's been different, but things still came out how you wanted to? Or are you looking at it as, like, hey, it was really, really weird and kind of taken away from your senior season? I'm um, kind of both. It's special just because of all the things that stuff that's going on. Fortunate for that, we at least had a season and we became regional champs. Like it's something I can say for years to come. The bad thing about Corona, I can just say well, our team was regional champs during that Corona. So 
but also took away took away the state tournament, which I could have had a shot at getting this year since I can't do that anymore, and took away all the other 18-hole tournaments talked about previously. Took away all that stuff from my senior season. So it's kind of like bittersweet, kind of. Yeah, basically. You know, we've talked about some individual personal stuff for you as a golfer. What about for the team? As a team, what was some improvements made from last year to this year? We definitely greatly improved this year from last year. One of our kids, he's played, he played two this year. He didn't even play varsity last year. It was Jake Delaney. He greatly improved and helped the team out. And basically everyone got better because we had no seniors last year. No one graduated. And so everyone played in the summer and we all got a lot better from this year. I think last year in regionals we shot like a 359. So we got like thir- some 20 strokes better this year. You know, kind of going back to what we were just talking about with the Corona, you know, 19 virus. Was it, how was the environment or the feel between last year's regional and this year's regional with all the teams together and, you know, the only the top two advancing instead of the top four? Was it a different environment, different feel? Was it more competitive? Like, what was the atmosphere? It was definitely different because, first off, the regional was smaller this year than last year's not as many teams. And at the end, usually when they, you do, like, everyone comes together and do the big ceremony, like, it was just, everyone just stood outside and they handed us the plaque and handed me, like, the first place medal and there was no, like, ceremony or anything. It, just, it was just a different, like, roar and everything for the whole tournament and everything. So it was just kind of like, here you go, thanks for playing? That kind of basically what it felt like a little bit, not going to lie. Like, right when they had, I didn't really know what's happening. And they had the first place championship plaque. I'm like, oh, all right. I mean, that's, they didn't really feel like anything. Did Coach Cummings make up for it and give you a giant bear hug? <laughs> yeah, I got to say social distance. <laughs> a couple air high fives then? Oh, yeah. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, I know it's a couple days later, but congrats from Edge of Your Seat Podcast. That's awesome, man. Thank you. We have talked about, you know, the difference of the seasons and everything like that, but, and we kind of talked about this before too, but it has to feel awesome to come out and say, hey, I was a regional champ, whether the season's altered or not. Oh, it definitely does feel good to be able to say that, no matter no matter the circumstance, just to be able to say regional champs. Are you going to rub it into your older brother, John? Oh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Moving on from here, do you plan on golfing in college anywhere, or what are your plans after school with golf? As of now, I do not plan on going anywhere for golf. I just plan on just going to some college for like an engineering degree. The good thing about yourself is you're smart as well, so you can do those things. Yeah, I hope to go to a college where I can play like an intramural golf league in there, and so I can still golf in college, but not as a competitive sport. Okay. So you're going to become an engineer and then engineer a golf course. We'll see. Hey, you never know. Definitely, definitely. Well, before I let you go, I want to play a game real quick called Hot Potato. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right, so I'm going to give you a a couple items, places, people, whatever, and then you pick the one that you like the best. All right, sounds good. All right, let's do this. Let's go Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Michael Jackson or Prince? Michael Jackson. Michael Jordan or LeBron? Let's go with LeBron. More accomplishments. By the end of his career, I feel LeBron will be better. Green Bay Packers or Chicago Bears? The Bears. Good answer, good answer. Yeah. They're going to win it all this year. Luke Combs or Luke Bryant? 
Marshallonis or Legratos? Oh, Marshallonis, for sure. Perfect. Are your hands hot, man? That was a crazy game of hot potato. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the heat. Well, thanks for playing, man. Thanks for chatting with Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Really appreciate it. And I'm not really a luck guy, but we know you got the talent for whatever you want to do at sectional. So go out there and do your thing, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. See if you want to pass me to coach. He's right here. I'm right here. All right, cool. Is he trying to get out of his deal? I think so. He's kind of peeking around the corner to see if his, you know, if Jack's busy, his dad's busy, or his mother is. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to do it. Awesome. The little brothers are for to pick up the slack. Exactly. <laughs> for sure. Well, that was awesome. He's a good kid to talk to, definitely. Yeah, he's a great kid. Good family. You know, they, Jack and Luz, all the products are fantastic people. You know, their kids have been great. I've coached a few of them through the years now. Yeah, we'll start right there. I mean, Nathan is not the first Hoff you coached in, not really the last one, as I think he's got a freshman brother, doesn't he? Yeah, and then there's some, there's, uh, I, I don't think I'll be around when uh, Nick's little brood gets here, but... Um, you know, somebody will be able to take advantage of that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Just talk about, I mean, you were talking about the family, and it's a good family, golf family. How cool has it been for you as a coach to be able to coach the Pajas and help the same be Bruins? Family's been fantastic to me from when I, when I started many, many, many years ago now. Um, you know, I started when Nick Putoff was a freshman and his sister Kelly was a senior. It was my first year. And, uh, you know... They welcome you and treat you like you're part of the family, which, you know, speaks to them and speaks to the same people. We always say it's family. They certainly personify that. You know, they're, they're very generous. They do a fantastic job at the course. Uh, they're, they're good to the junior golf league, to us, and, and to Hall, the player. You know, back when I started, LP and IVCC were here as well, so it was really crowded back then. But also just, they're fantastic, fantastic people. How long have you been with St. Bede? What year did you start? Uh, this is my, I think it's my 29th year. 29 years with the golf program. Yeah, yeah, I did it. I uh, was Father Joseph's assistant for three years, and I've been the head coach ever since. So I'm sure you've seen a few changes here and there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, when I started, coaches would bring their, because you couldn't talk to the athletes, so we would just bring our clubs. Once the cards were out, we'd sneak around, play a few holes, go back, sit at the clubhouse, do our paperwork, total up the scores, and get on the bus. Everything, you know, you had to have the kids prepared before they got on the course. And if they had a meltdown, they had to deal with it. You know, and then as the years went on, they added more and more opportunities to talk to them. At first, it was between green and tee box, you could talk to them. And then it was, you could talk up to 30. 30 yards from the green and now you you can't get up on the fringe and read green putts for them once somebody touches the green you're done talking to them but you have a lot more opportunity to help them a little bit or talk them off of the edge sometimes you know golf can be a frustrating sport for high school for anybody so before you couldn't talk to them at all could you like sign language or do anything no. No, really, you, there was no communication. If you're out on the course, you could say good shot. 
you know, things like that, but there was no coaching allowed. Uh, at an 18-hole tournament, you could talk to them between nights. It was, you know, a lot of Saturday afternoons, especially if it was rainy and cold, coaches would just be in the clubhouse watching college football. You'd watch your kids, but you couldn't do a whole lot. That's one really big change. So it might have been better for some coaches to be in the clubhouse watching college football just so they don't get in trouble or anything for saying something to their kids. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was kind of the way it always was. I never saw any sort of adjustment or anybody that would really talk to their kids much. In normal matches, especially the younger kids, people, you know, would kind of coach each other. You know, the coach from Mendota would see a junior varsity kid from St. Pete struggling, would walk over and say, you know, hey, tell him something, and then say, coach, I talked to you, player. Um, I told him he was doing this or she was doing that, and to try something, and it was like, you know, okay. Um, but with the varsity players, it was strictly hands-off. Wow. Do you like that that's changed? <laughs> uh, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good thing. You know, and it took, it took some adjustment. And I'm still, well, myself and Tom Payton, still kind of have a hands-off approach. You know, the kids have, they say they have to go out and hit the ball. And, you know, we try to prepare them that, you know, we're not going to be around. Uh, like, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for 29 years, so they kind of know that I'm, you know, kind of long in the tooth, so I'm on the rules committee most tournaments that we go to. So I let them know I'm not going to be there for you. I'm, you know, I get called to different parts of the course at different times. So they're kind of prepared to just go out and play their own game, you know, make their own decisions and solve their own problems. We try to coach them that way. Which may be a benefit because then they can handle those things knowing like, hey, this is on me. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of the way we look at it too is, you know, it's still your golf game. And golf is probably the one sport that, you know, all you're taking care of is yourself. You can't go out and play defense. You can't worry about what anybody else is doing. You can only control what you're doing. I don't even think I introduced you by name. St. Beat coach Rich Cummings. 29 years with the program. Had it feel good to get this regional win hosted by you guys. So the St. Bede Class 1A Regional at Spring Creek Golf Course. Pot off shoots a 73. Well, Nathan shoots a 73 to help you guys get a 338. I think you won by one stroke. That had to been an awesome feeling. Oh, yeah, it certainly was. You know, and I asked Nathan if his back hurt because he, he carried us. You know, that, that score is, that's a huge lift. We have two seniors, a junior, a couple of sophomores, and a freshman out there. So we're still young, you know, and the inexperience gets, you know, the nerves get to the, the underclassmen a little bit. Nathan didn't let it affect him. He learned, you know, his freshman year, the nerves got to him when he was out there playing the regionals. But um, he didn't let it get to him this year. And he came through with a great round of golf. Throughout the season, you know, as a coach, spoke about this with Nathan. Things change, not the 18 tournaments, just the nine home meets between one or two other teams. How was that as a coach, like trying to prep them for that? knowing that they want to play the 18-hole tournaments on Saturdays? It was difficult because, you know, that's kind of what you build each week for. They're thinking about Saturdays when they're playing the, their two or three matches during the week, and, you know, they're just gearing up for this tournament and 
it's courses they play every year. They look forward to, you know, going and playing a Baker Park or, you know, um, we got to play in Mendota at the their Ryder Cup. And, you know, there's tournaments they look forward to. Princeton does a great job over at Wyatt and Hills, the PIT. A lot of these tournaments, you know, they're kind of, some of them are like the old Illinois Valley Conference. It's kind of like they're bragging rights. For us, with our conference being so far west and so big, we don't get to see, you know, LP and Streeter and Ottawa uh, and Medora and the teams that these kids play with all summer. So those Saturdays are what they really look forward to. We don't see Putnam County during the regular season. We only get a chance to see them on, on weekends. So, you know, it's local bragging rights. And it's a chance for them to get to play with their friends, too, from other schools. But uh, that was just hard. They kind of missed, I think they missed out on the anticipation for the weekend. Who are some kids, whether it's at the regional or throughout the season, that have stepped up? You said you were young, only a couple seniors. Who kind of stepped up and played well throughout the season? Well, I mean, they all kind of stepped up and had to, you know, even without scores, because with everything that's going on in the world, I told the kids they all have to be ready. We can lose half the golf team in a sneeze, literally. Juniors that might not get a, a shot had to be ready. I cycled golfers a lot more during the season. Kind of like if you were that six man, but you were solid at six, I get, was kind of forced to, you, you, you have a day off. I'm going to bring in somebody else just so they're, they're ready if something were to happen, you know. Thank God, and, you know, our prayers are answered, nothing has. That was a different approach. Everybody had to be ready. But kids that really stepped up are two sophomores that have been mainstays on this year's team. Brendan Pillen and Jake Delaney. Both of them, they traded back and forth that two and three spot this year and were just consistent stellar golfers. Both of their games really stepped up this year. Pillen had a great uh, summer league, and Jake Delaney was he was a baseball player, and baseball wasn't there for him, so he golfed every day. Just went out and worked, and you know, taught himself real good course management out there. You know, learned that you know when you have a mistake, you can't can't compound it by doing something stupid. Just you know, take your medicine, get back into the fairway, and move on. Um, he did that real well this year. Owen Espel was just somebody, he was consistent. He'd have some good rounds when we needed it, lift us up a little bit. Doesn't play a real long game, but you know when he's on, he is right down the middle and just stays down the middle and gets to the green and he'll, on a long hole, he's happy with a bogey. And then he's gonna get his, his pars on the par fours and the par threes. Logan Humpage, he's grown a lot. He's a junior who's matured and just learned that he's got to persevere through the bad times. And he had a good, very good regional for us. He shot a good score and, and counted for us in the number five spot. Trent Nakachas was a, you know, he had some good rounds and had a great round. When we shot our low score this year, uh, we broke 160. We had a 159 up in Deer Valley. Trenton had a great round that day as well. And of course, you know, the younger putt-off Logan was fought all year and finally uh, the last couple of weeks made that sixth spot his. He, you know, he put everybody else behind him and took that spot over and earned it, earned it the, 
See, he's our number six golfer. And then as a coach, you know, not winning a regional or a district championship or anything since 1977, what did that mean to you to have this team be able to, to reach that accomplishment? It's the kids. It's their team. You know, I think anytime you win something for the school, because they're so proud of who they are, where they go to school, what it means to to go to St. Pete. You know, the the academic challenges that uh, our instructors put forth for these kids, and there's there's no rest for the no rest for the weary. You know, they don't get a break as far as their classes go. With our travel, they still have to they have to get there early, meet with the teachers take care of everything that's due that day and coming up the next day. They don't get an extra an extra day because they're on the golf team or anything like that. So there's a lot of pressure and a burden on them for that. And that's something that they're proud of. It's always special. They want to do well for the school and, and for the alumni. You know, our alumni really follow what happens. So, you know, along with bragging rights, now not so much being at the mall walking down the street, but... You know, a perfect stranger who graduated in 1972 you know, will walk up and pat you on the back and congratulate you. I think that's, when that starts happening to them, I think it'll really sink in what it means to do what they did. Hopefully they're not like, who is this? <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I'm sure that'll happen. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, at first, the initial reaction is probably going to be like that. Yeah. And that's one thing that they're going to miss, you know is homecoming is always, you know, <laughs> if homecoming would have been this weekend, you know they would have been walking around with their chest buffed out a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. They definitely would have been doing that, like, hey, we did this. We would have been walking through the alumni tents, you know. <laughs> I'm just proud of the kids. It was, it was fun. It was an exciting day right down to the wire. You know, um, Jake Delaney was golfing number two so he kind of had a gallery and he dropped a about a 35 foot bomb to put us up two you know and he got a little bit of a roar from the crowd and we, we were pretty confident at that point with Nathan coming to the tee he's not going to four putt a hole he even went after it on his uh he had a putt putt for par and he wasn't timid about it he went after it missed it came back for his uh bogey putt to seal it for us I don't think he knew where we were, but he wanted that even par round. So he was just ready to golf. He just wanted to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can't worry about what your teammates are doing. You just know that they're out there giving giving it everything they have. And Nathan was giving it everything he had. We always tell him if you have a bad hole or a bad shot, there's five other guys out there that are rooting for you. Even though they're not next to you, they're still with you. So, you know, bounce back from whatever it is happens and keep going. Words of the wise there. All right, are you ready to play some Hot Potato Rich? Okay, we'll give it a go. Let's do this. I'll ask you all the same ones I asked Nathan. Okay. So we'll go Coke or Pepsi? Oh, Coke. Michael Jackson or Prince? Prince. Big Prince guy? Or just like him more than Michael? Um... <laughs> It's kind of like a Biden-Trump thing. <laughs> not, not that Prince was, you know, that was that was the 80s when I was in school rocking it. So, Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Michael Jordan or LeBron? Jordan. Chicago Bears or Green Bay Packers? No, got to go with the Bears. Even though my neighbor may not slow blow my sidewalk this winter. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hopefully we didn't cost you some snow blowing action. <laughs> yeah. Combs or Luke Bryant? Combs. And then Marcellonis or Legrados? Oh, you know, both are fine pies, but, uh, you know, I, I went to, grew up and went to school with the Yankees, so I got to go with Legrados. Both of them are fair picks. I mean, you can't really go wrong with awesome pizza. I do love the beef rolls. <laughs> oh, yeah, those are great. Well, Coach Cummings, thanks for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast and chatting with us, and congrats on the regional win, and see what you guys can do with the sectional on Wednesday, also at Spring Creek Golf Course. So thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having us. We just hope it doesn't rain. <laughs> yeah, you never want that to happen. No, yep. <laughs> Too bad you couldn't have it like at the end of this week. I know that would have been rushing things, but the weather has been beautiful. Yeah, it has been. It was, well, part of the reason we have it on Wednesday, usually it's Monday. The state gave us uh, Saturday to Saturday to get it in, and they were kind of pushing for it later in the week, and we're, in fact, going with a later start because I think we're the southernmost team in the sectional. We're from Indiana to Iowa to Wisconsin. Oh, wow. We're right in the middle. And they didn't want people to feel like they had to get hotel rooms, so we're going with a later start because, you know, teams are traveling two and a half hours to get here. So we wanted to give the kids ample time to get here for practice rounds and uh, also, you know, the travel of the day of the tournament. Definitely. Makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, the IHSA, they, you get hats off to them for getting this season in and doing all they could for the kids. No football, and a lot of teams had a lot of football players come out just so they can, you know, kids crave competition, they crave contact with each other. They need that, that social interaction, so like I say, hats off to the Kirk Gibson and the HSA for letting us play, you know, and doing what they could to get us, let us do as much as we could. It was an amazing job that they did to pull this off, really. Yeah, they get a lot of gruff for having to change things around and making some adaptions that people were not happy with, but kids are still getting able to play. Nothing's been canceled. Things have been postponed or moved, but yeah. kids are still getting the chance to do what they came to do, pretty much. Yeah, you know, and golf's about as socially distanced as you can get out there. <laughs> if you're watching, you know, no, no two balls are next to each other any time during a golf match. <laughs> that is true. Well, I'll let you socially distance from your phone so we can stop this combo. Thanks for joining us, Rich. All right, thanks for having me.